Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Collective Podcast. My name is Ryan, and in this episode, myself and Chris had the opportunity to talk to John Saul from Elevation Worship. I think you're going to love it, so here we go. So we just released our brand new record, Lion. And so it's something that uh, Pastor Steven, Chris, some of the team have been working on for the last, um, honestly, like year and a half, I feel like some of the songs go back from when they started writing. Um, and so, yeah, we just have, uh, we broke that up into two nights of worship and we were able to kind of get with our church back in one room together and just go for it with just the brand new songs, introducing some of the new songs that we did on the record. And then also just spending some time together, uh, just fostering what we love, the culture of worship, culture of God's presence. And so, yeah, yeah, we were, uh, really pumped on that. So uh, right. that's a lot of where um our church is at too since it's just released but they've been living with some of these songs for a time so yeah um it feels like we get to celebrate with just the rest of our community who hasn't uh, been a part sure i guess that that was my question too like kind of speak to how what, what's been the process of developing these songs i'm assuming it's all been kind of in the midst of quarantine not quarantine kind of quarantine <laughs> like what's it been like yeah yeah. So, I mean, the team that's been writing, we've had, you know, Brandon come and help. We've had Pat, who's uh, been involved in some of the writing. And so they've um, just kind of gotten together and, and worked on a few of these songs and uh, just got them to this point where, hey, this is, it may feel like a big wide range of what the music in one collection feels like, but um, yeah, I mean, that's just been a little bit of the process, even just getting behind the, the theme of this, which is, you know, lion and, and kind of even the artwork, being a lamb, it's, I feel like a beautiful picture of what this album sonically kind of takes you through. It's a little bit of that juxtaposition. And yeah. um, we're just kind of trying to look through the lens of, hey, God can meet us in both spaces and he looks different and he you know, is uh, the character of who he is can kind of be represented through some of this style of music. So that's great. Yeah, that's been a lot of the process getting to this point with that record. What venue did you record it in? So we uh, are here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, we met at our broadcast location. So we're over at Ballantyne and we recorded okay. both both of those nights there. It's hard. I was actually at your, um, the one, the recording when you guys did the arena for Charlotte uh, Hornets play. Is it Hornets? Play yeah, it, it's called Spectrum. Now, I think it was, uh, oh, I forget the name right before. But yeah, the, we we did two recordings there. Yeah, that was an awesome. Um, so you guys, you guys are just recording in, in your actual, like uh, your own venue now. Pretty much. So we're um, we're set up to where we're able to, you know, even at church and at home, we're kind of sending a broadcast out to our online community. And so audio wise, we're set up to kind of capture any weekend or and that's kind of some of what like the blessing looked like. You know, we were yeah. we sent that on a we introduced that on a weekend at church and then they ended up deciding, you know, this this probably, you know, should go out and we just need to release what God did in that moment in that weekend so same with this project um we you know we'll record in-house and we do everything here um at the church do you um do you like get your guests 
to come in all at the same time or is it different? Are they like spaced out? Yeah, so we're set up right now where we've had, you know, we did the collaboration album with Map City. And so yeah. that was bringing everyone in for a week, writing together, workshopping together. Um, and then right now, currently where we're at just with the church, it's like bringing some friends over through the weekends and having them, you know, whether they've written with Pastor Stephen and Chris or they'll introduce, you know, some of the songs that had been maybe worked on in the year prior. And so it, it, it just depends on where we are, but, you know, we're, we're kind of back in the flow of like weekends and having our friends come and help us co-lead at the church. Yeah. How could like a local church, like do a smaller scale of that? Like, you know, like, it seems like you guys are very like open with who comes in and out, you know, and like collaborating. And I yeah. don't see that on a church like level. Like how could, how could that translate? Yeah, I honestly feel like it, if it's serving the vision of your house, and I would really encourage almost that be the priority and not just the goal of like collaboration and doing music in a new way that might shift some of the expectation of your context in church. But I think if, if leadership is open to that and leadership is open to, hey, this may serve our community and our people really well to bring guests in or maybe to bring in another style and another genre and that could shake up some of the culture. And I feel like that's the healthiest place to kind of be within collaboration. And so what we've seen is, you know, with just some of our friends who are leading, there's some really strong anointing or really powerful songs that are really like hitting home. And so that has been important to, to allow, open up the space for that to happen and allow God to kind of come in and speak maybe in a new way through some of these um, moments. And so I would just encourage, you know, if that, if that's going to serve your, your church, well, having a, having a chat and, and saying, Hey, I'd love to partner with, you know, what you're doing or how you're growing or what, you know, your team is winning at and uh, maybe getting that infused in, in your, in another, another local context. So. Yeah. I'd love to, pick your brain a little bit you talk about like the online community um and i'm just like really fascinated with like worship leadership but then people like joining worship like when we're leading people in worship online i'd love yeah. to kind of just hear like are you do you thinking about that while you're leading knowing that there's you know so many people streaming in maybe just speak a little bit to that yeah you know obviously as this has probably been chatted about so many times but when 2020 hit uh <laughs> it caused everything to kind of change. And I feel like everybody has their version and story of that. But what I'm so thankful for in our church here is, um, you know, Pastor Stephen years ago was, uh, you know, casting that we set almost um, an expectation for ourselves to, to make sure that the broadcast was at a level of excellence and that we could serve people who were only watching from outside of Charlotte. And so little did we know a few years later that would turn into all and the only way we could serve our people. And so yeah. to go from 20 campuses to just strictly online was a big shift. And I think that not, it not only taught us the importance of serving those that, you know, are, are on the other side of a screen, but it reinforced a lot of the heart behind that as well. And so hearing stories, people sending in um, just 
testimonies of what that impact has been or what a song, how it's hitting and how it's ministered. And, and so I, I love to try and always remind my team and just, you know, whenever I'm visiting at a campus and say, hey, you may never understand or never imagine like someone across the globe, but they need what we're doing. And so to keep that in mind and to keep the spirit, just a conversation with the Holy Spirit to say, hey, Lord, even though it's technology, and even though I get that there's a performance aspect with a camera, there literally is someone's life on the other end that needs this song. And they need us to prepare the way that we do. And they need us to to, to be clear about our message. And so uh, that's been a big, big cultural shift, but I feel like it's reinforced in the best way. And so we, yeah. we care a lot about our, our global audience right now. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you guys have shifted? Like you guys have obviously been trendsetters for this for a long time. Um, do you guys feel like there's an even bigger emphasis on online now, or has it kind of settled back into the campuses plus online or like what, what's that tension like for you guys? Yeah, with the amount that it's grown in our church community online and the presence online, is, it's been a big focus. And so yeah. to see the need, you know, it has to be, we have to rise to that and, and also serve them in that uh, sense and capacity. And so we've put a lot of our staff and a lot of our team and resources towards um, what the online experience looks like. And so it's, it's two in the same, you know, it's not just about the local room anymore. It's about serving someone in their living room. Yeah. And so we, you know, we're trying to balance at the same time, hey, we have nine campuses here, even in Charlotte. And so getting people back plugged into their groups, plugged into serving is a big value of ours. Um, but to, to answer that question, like we for sure put a lot of focus um, yeah. into the online experience. Sure. Something uh, I've actually been wanting to talk to you guys, you and your wife for a, for a while. We have we have a lot of mutual friends, so I know like kind of your story. Okay. But um, I would love to hear because I, at my home church, my wife is on staff with me, and so I would love to hear just like how you like navigate being on staff and and ministering alongside your wife. You know, yeah, a lot of people do that and. It's, yeah. it's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> it is the greatest blessing that I never knew to expect. And so the fact that, you know, our story is interesting because we met uh, here at the church. I moved from San Antonio to be a part of Elevation through the apprenticeship. And so in that, she was almost, you know, a, a mentor to me, just getting involved in, into the church. And so little did I know, okay, God, you had us a clear plan of us to be together. And so the fact that we get to serve now is, is like I said, one of the biggest blessings I never knew um, I could experience. And so what I do love about our context specifically is we've in seasons led together. And I, what I loved about almost the craziness of, of 2020 is like more than ever, we were leading side by side than we had in the last few years. And so on, on one end to see, a unique dynamic of us singing songs and ministering together. It's like, we can kind of just gauge each other's like direction and we can sense like, Oh, I'm, I'm supporting you where I need to, or I'm stepping in where I need to um, on that end. And then in seasons we've led campuses and on our own. And so getting on the platform as leaders and individuals, I think is a really important value for us as well, because 
God has gifted us with our own strengths and with our own style and our own leadership. And so uh, balancing that has been fun. Uh, right now, we're kind of doing half and half throughout the month. And so we'll lead together twice a month and then we'll lead individually because we're supporting. We're in a support role um, within our church as as far as our worship department. So that's been good. I think um, there is there is so much blessing in honoring each other, even on a platform like that. It's a different, it's a different way to show um, love and it's a different way to lead together. It's like bringing that, I think God honors as well. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild uh, journey in our five years so far. Do you guys talk about it at home or do you like decide to like not talk about it at home? We definitely bring it home. That's the balance I'm talking about. It's like, hey, you know, if I I feel like I didn't do well, or if I feel like I messed something up, you know, I don't feel like a pressure, but I think being able to just express that like, hey, this wasn't my best, or I feel bummed out, getting to be encouraged in real time, feeling something together is helpful. But too much of that is going to be way too much. So, you know, trying to balance that has, uh, has been our journey as well. Love to hear. I'd uh, love to hear just your story a little bit, like coming from Texas and getting involved. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's some massive stuff for you know young worship leaders to glean from that. So, could you just tell us, like, how? Yeah. Well, how'd you get into all this? <laughs> so, I grew up, born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. My uh, my grandfather was a pastor of a small, independent Baptist Spanish church, and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> So this is the extreme that I was coming from. Um, I understand it. I was able to pick it up over the year, the 14 years of, of being at the church. But, um, you know, I, I've, my family has been musical in, in some sense and asked, like they've sung together and my brothers play guitar and piano. And so it's definitely in the blood. And, and so I've always kind of been exposed to music. But through that, I felt like God... Um, calling my life and not in a, that's such a weird phrase to me, but just in a way where it's like obvious, Hey, you have something in you that I would love for you to use. Let's see what that looks like. And so through the years um, I felt like, okay, like I'm going to start leading worship in youth group and kind of that story of getting my reps and starting to lead uh, in that context. But at 22, I applied for the worship apprenticeship here at elevation, which, um, changed my life in the sense of I had no experience of kind of a bigger platform or um, musical excellence and just kind of arranging and um, leading teams at that level. So I felt like it really helped just where I was and looking for. And so um, just the process, I came on staff at Elevation. And so eight and a half years later, here I am. And so um, it, it's been a crazy journey of, of growth in, in the best way. Like, you know, we, we care so much about standards because we want to serve people so well. And so in that, it's been a healthy challenge to say, Hey, your musicality, has it grown from year to year? Your, your skill, like as a vocalist, has it grown? Um, your awareness of how to gauge and lead a congregation has that changed. And so I've felt that year after year. Um, and I still feel that same attitude. Like I want to continue to grow in the context yeah. that I'm serving. Yeah. What kind of um, growth engines have you used for like 
in musicality or leadership? Like, I'd love to hear, like, what do you guys do? How do you guys make sure you're actually growing musically? Like, you yeah. have any go-to go resources? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the the awesome aspect of a larger team is we have our music directors that are on staff. And so they really help kind of set um, the standard for when music is written, when parts are kind of established, that's what we do. And so just even that level of accountability and that level of just like, oh, this is where I need to kind of work towards um, within my tone. And so we kind of challenge our team with a lot of that. And then we have the we have we use them as resources and tools to to kind of coach and mentor. So same with our, our worship leaders. It's like we're we're so blessed uh, to have a vocal director here at the church. And so even that like one on one vocal lessons and um, it's, it's a crazy blessing to be able to to offer that to even our volunteers and those that are wanting to learn um, to get better within our church. So, yeah. What, um, what's your week to week look like? Like, I'm sure people would love to hear, like, what does it look like to work at Elevation? Yeah, it's very different for so many of us, but, uh, <laughs> my wife and I serve, um, as you know, some of the pastors and past, we handle some of the pastoral care within our worship department. So, um, we're developers and coaches for our staff. And then, you know, that trickles down into like our contract worship leaders, our volunteers, uh, band members when we're out just visiting different locations. And so that's a certain part of the week, you know, spending time with one-on-ones and just checking in, um, helping coach and navigate uh, just platform development. And then the other side is, you know, we're involved with Elevation Worship. And so that could look like, you know, one-offs or some of the touring or some of the recording and um, being involved on projects on that side of it. So yeah. that's, that's a little bit of my week to week, just depending <laughs> sure. on who we are. Sorry, oh. my, uh, my mute button was not working. <laughs> okay. What's um, like, just to get a little nerdy, like what, uh, what mic do you prefer? And like, what in-ears do you prefer? And what is your in-ear mix? Uh, uh, like, what do you like in your in ear mix? All right, let me start with the in ear situation. I have <laughs> had some 64s that I cracked my oh, no. right ear, and I've been rocking those for about a year. So I put a little gaff tape, put a little clear nail polish, hold it together. Um, I've I've kind of always just been like the super minimal, just three driver 64. Um, uh, that's kind of my go to. Um, I've replaced them like one time, but um, to build a mix, I'm super bass for key reference. That's where I live. Ton of bass, ton of actual keys, my vocal. And then, you know, I really love like a, a, a what is it? A, like front of house type of monitor mix, which is pretty complicated. Um, but if I'm not being complicated, I'm like, just give me bass, keys, my vocal, click. And I'll just make it work. Um, it's it's interesting because we'll go from like a stereo mix at the broadcast to uh, you know a mono mix at just different locations or depending on where we're at. And so even that, I've kind of like adjusted some of the expectation of oh, I just I'm going to keep it super minimal. But 
Um, from a mic standpoint, that's that's a great question. I I don't even know. I wouldn't even be able to answer. Um, kind of on the road, they have a set um, for all of us, and so, but I can't remember the name of it right now. How about in the studio? Do you are you like into like studio mics or anything, or just whatever's in front of you? Whatever's in front of me, honestly. I'm like, hey, if it's giving me the vibe and the tone, helping with that, I'm good. So, what's your um, what's your best embarrassing story as far as like something just going wrong on stage? One of my favorites would be uh, I don't even remember the year, but we were doing a Joyce Meyer one-off uh, leading for one of her conferences and. I'm singing Won't Stop Now, you know, kind of introing and getting into the, the song that maybe the chorus, we're at the chorus. Lo and behold, our drummer's drum shield completely fell over. That's the one that's online, right? The video? We've that's, seen this one. Everybody's that, is, that is it. I, I think the most embarrassing thing is the fact that I had no clue other than everyone's looking at me in that moment like, yo, did you just see what happened? So finally, like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. And so the fact that he kept time and, you know, it was the per that crash landed so perfectly was, is probably one of the most embarrassing things. I'm oblivious to it. I was like, I need to learn a lesson from this, like take better note of what's happening behind me in front of me. So that, that's a good one. I, I love that story. Um, we don't like that one either watch that see um, look for your facial expression yeah that and the blonde hair alone is probably equally em embarrassing so i got the yeah. buzz cut with the blonde what um you, what it, oh sorry right. go ahead chris not me all right uh what what advice would you have for um I mean, I'm sure there's so many people that want to follow your path, you know, maybe not to, well, I mean, some of them I'm sure would love to go to Elevation too, but like follow your path to like be a worship leader. What advice do you have for that, you know, 18 year old getting their reps in in youth ministry, they want to go into full-time worship yeah. pastoring, like what, what would you tell them? This is an important question that um, I feel like needs to be talked about so much more. Um, I would tell my 22 year old self again, my 18 year old self, like yeah. it is worth you falling in love with Jesus. And that is not an over spiritual thing. Um, you're not going to be able to serve and help people without you being okay. And so we all come in with baggage. We all come in with um, just our, our stuff that we deal with. And so I just think that you can't skip from point a at 18 years old to you're a 45 year old with experience and wisdom and biblical knowledge and pastoral all everything and and skill like you have to like start at that ground level just making the priority the thing and so it's not about what you can accomplish it's not about the record that you produce it's not about the songs it's not about the the highest level of execution if you don't have the substance and so i i I would absolutely say like, it's not a cliche, it, it's worth it. Like you won't be able to minister without uh, just you being okay first and without your love for Jesus being the most evident thing. And so everything flows from there. The oil flows from there. The performance flows from there. Um, you being used 
is um, kind of just the overflow. And um, I, I used to think those words were very like, uh, they're going over my head, feels a little right. <laughs> and And I'm starting to see now um, being, you know, serving a few years, like, no, that matters. That really yeah. does matter. So that's what I would encourage um, yeah. anyone who's in that spot. Yeah. What What would you define like a worship pastor? Like, what, what does that mean for you? Yeah. We're shepherds. Um, and at the same time, we're sheep. Hmm. And so coming to terms with, hey, like, I know where I'm at. I know what um, my testimony might be. Here is an example how I can kind of give that and offer it to God. And he's like, turn something around, right? So we start there, but um, a worship pastor cares for those that are entrusted to them. But that comes with, you know, hey, I have a, your team may have desires to grow. Your team may have desires to serve and like creating a safe space is the thing. Um, challenging when there needs to be some challenging. Um, thinking uplift these are all the things and qualities that i feel like a worship pastor um, should operate in and so yeah that's that like again keeping the priority of jesus christ in a world where it can just so be about performance is right. is what i feel um worship pastors you know should operate in yeah that's how i would define it. yeah awesome do you have any um like books or anything like that that have like really impacted you that would be good for people to check out um, I don't have the off the top of my head. Um, I've been the ruthless elimination of hurry. Have you all mm -hmm. read that? Yeah, that's a great book. I think that's that's been a, a, a recent one that's helped me to to slow down. Um, yeah. Again, to prioritize the quiet and the Sabbath and and making sure that it's not a it's not just go 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 perform 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 execute like slowing down with. Uh, an understanding that that's okay is is great and so that's that's probably one i would recommend yeah that's um, a good one right all right uh this is a complete different subject like off the wall but um are you aware of like people talking about how stylish you are no but that's a compliment Okay, because I heard I, I saw a thread on some worship forum and somebody said this guy's so far ahead of style you can't even tell if he's in style or not. Interesting. <laughs> like like and then and there was a whole thread about like how like you would be like so far ahead that like two years later people would start be wearing like the things you're wearing. Funny, funny thing about that. I just turned 30 this past year, but look, let me show you this. Look at these dad shoes right here. Okay. <laughs> That's, That's not stylish. That's new balance. <laughs> That's full on dad mode. And I'm not a dad. So I don't know. That's a compliment, but I love that. That's hilarious. I don't know that I would call myself fashion forward like that. It'll be I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I'm like full on dad mode and I'm asking Jenna all the time. So, and we've gotten to the point in our marriage where we're matching every day. So that's, that's, Fun. Are you, that's a fun thing are you into it or you just kind of let it happen no I, I i do love i do love fashion i do love um like just streetwear brands but 
I don't know. It's uh, it gets a bit pricey. So we, uh, <laughs> yeah. I can try my best with what I'm inspired by. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. I mean, I do. I, I'm a, if I would kind of define my style would be street style. So I love like rude fear of God, anything like New York, LA, those styles of kind of the extremes of fashion. So, yeah. <laughs> Two two years yeah. from now, we'll we'll look back and you know the New Balance on everybody will be on the stage with New Balance. <laughs> like we'll have record it'll of be, it. it'll, be the, it'll be the '90s dad vibe. So maybe right. we can call it. <laughs> you um when you visit Southern California, like what spots do you do you frequent? Like what shops do you, or boutiques do you try to go to? Oh, you know I is Dover Street Market in Southern California. Uh, I think so. It's either there or the San Francisco area. Okay. <laughs> well, I haven't been there, but I would love to pop in. Um, I'm really loving, like, have you heard of Rude, Ruigi? It's a fun, yeah. pretty expensive, but, uh, you know, that's kind of like the vibe. I don't know. I don't know that he has a flagship store, but love that kind of vibe. Thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. We would love to connect with you over on Instagram or TikTok, really, is where we spend a lot of our time. Look up me, Ryan Lochi, Chris Bellamy, or The Church Collective. Can't wait to see you.